Welcome to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm Melissa Joy, a certified financial planner and founder of Pearl Planning. And I'm Melissa Friedenberg, financial advisor with Pearl Planning. Pearl Planning is a financial planning and investment management company located in Dexter and Gross Point, Michigan. We work with clients all around the country. The purpose of our podcast is to explore specific financial topics and provide advice you can use in your everyday life. Hello and welcome to the 52 Pearls Weekly Money Wisdom Podcast. This is Melissa Freidenberg in the Girls Point office. And today, this episode is going live on Valentine's Day. So what better guest to have than my Valentine, also a financial advisor in the Girls Point office, Jay Freidenberg. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Melissa, and happy Valentine's Day to you as well. And happy Valentine's Day to, uh, to everyone listening. As I was talking over the topic that I thought we would talk about today with Jay, I was thinking this is probably this Valentine's Day episode may put us over the edge of like not him being my Valentine. Hopefully it doesn't get too heated, but often get the question from couples who come to us of how to divide the assets as far as just monthly bills, right? So checking accounts, uh, savings accounts, and then kind of that idea of autonomous spending. Do you have your own account? Um, and how do the bills get split up? Now, I will say, Jay and I, we've been married how long, hon? Jeez, it seems like just yesterday, but I, yeah. I think 15 years. Our 16-year anniversary in September. I feel like after a certain period of time, after you're married so long, it's like, okay, like I know what you spend money on. You know what I spend money on. There's not a whole lot of secrets or surprises. So if you're a new couple, or if you're a couple who is listening and struggling with your current division of uh, finances, then maybe this episode would be for you. Because we're going to talk about kind of some of the ways that people divide up their checking accounts and savings accounts and household bills. And then some things maybe that we've struggled with in the past, because we've had different dynamics of who's earning what. Um, and then hopefully, uh, you know, you'll find this interesting. So are we, we're in the nest here? Is that? What, yes, we, we're in the nest. Okay. We are, All we're right. sharing. I don't know. I am. I mean, not that we're super interesting. I don't want to seem too like into us as a couple, but I think it's helpful to share past struggles and what's worked and hasn't worked for us. Um, by, by struggle, do you mean that, uh, every once in a while you ask me where the checkbook is? Yeah, struggle to find okay. the checkbook. Right. So for Jay and I, when when we first met, we were making about the same. Uh, we got married and kind of kept things separate. I think that's pretty common, like in the beginning, if you're both working and you sort of, you know, the modern day thing, you don't just like get married, buy a house together, leave your parents home and like start your marriage, right? Like people date, then they like live together and I think when couples are living together but not married, it's like one person pays the electricity bill and one person, you know, buys the groceries and you just kind of Yeah, it it it, it kind of just merges through convenience, right? Like why why do we have this why do we have two checks books? Why do we have two checking accounts, you know? Sometimes it's just ease of moving things over and I don't know personally right. if you're just dating and you're already fighting like I bought these eggs and you ate them then maybe the marriage isn't going to work out. You should probably not carry on with the relationship. There should be some like, you know, sharing of things, right? 
yeah, the division of costs, right? Especially if you're both working, you, you know, how do how do you contribute to to things equally? You know, before kids, right? The um, the division kids just blow of things, up everything, <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? right. <laughs> In the best way, it's a lot more simple to divide things. You know, what's what's rent or what's the mortgage? What's the insurance? What's the electricity bill? What's you know things like that are you know, pretty equally divided by two. If you write separate checks or if you, you know, dump money into a uh, a dual account, that's kind of simple. And then you can maintain your own spending and spending habits individually. I think that's how most people start out is so maybe they're living together, they don't have a joint account and they're kind of, you know, one person pays for something, it may not be even. After you get married, makes a lot of sense to open at least a joint account for the bills. I've heard, and I think I, I'm not to pick on the millennials. I think it seems like a millennial thing. You take your, for your fixed bills for the month, say 5,000. And if you make, you know, more money than I do or vice versa, like you put in a percentage based off of what you make. Somebody told me that, you know, my share of rent and utilities was 0.85% this month. I would, that's a little bit off-putting, but again, to each their own. But I think that also gets into, I mean, it's a whole other kettle of fish, right? Like, you know, the people's behavior around um, finance and money, it, it's, a, it's a very sticky wicket sometimes. And that's based on, you know, behavioral finance. That's based on, you know, how you grew up and how your parents treated money and, you know, money that you had or didn't have. So when uh, when you do become a couple, it's not easy to navigate by any stretch. Oh, for sure. I mean, we we jumped right in, and within a year and a month, we had a child, um, and then shortly after that, another one, and somewhere in between, I became a stay at home mom and and didn't bring an income. But I think that is you know a, that's when division changes, obviously, uh, as far as if you're not bringing an income, but you're you're providing a very expensive service, which is childcare. Particularly like in your situation, you know, where, where you were a high earner and then you went from that to, you know, being a stay at home mom or call it a cost center. <laughs> yeah, I went from one side of the balance sheet to the other in our marriage. Yeah. And, and, and feeling as though, you know, you're spending money on the household, right? You're spending money on the diapers and the, all things that, that run the household. So I don't want to say guilt because I don't want to put words in your mouth, but felt like I was spending someone else's money for like a long time. I've gotten over that, as you know, but (laughs) (laughs) I think it takes time, but I think that's really common. And and to your point, somebody that made their own money and I can be a little bit independent and stubborn. I took a lot. Wait a second. Wait, can can, can, (laughs) now you have it documented? I admit it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean that's that was ninety percent of my issues with the division of the household funds were in my head because I was like, I'm going to take care of myself and I make my own money, and then all of a sudden it was like I make no money and I just spend it. Yeah, that was like a big mental thing. But I I tell people now that are going through that transition of you know it's important to have some autonomous spending. So it's important even if you're not working to maybe have a, a separate account. And I'm not saying. A separate account that your spouse doesn't see, but something where you can be like, okay, you know, I'm I have a certain amount every month to spend, and it should be based not on what income or jobs you're doing around the house, but like 
what your excess income as a couple is as far as what's left over after you pay the bills, pay for, you know, whatever you're putting away for retirement or kids' education, like, you know, what you have to spend on other things as a couple to sit down and talk about that, which most couples don't talk about that, right? I don't think they have that number in their head, which is part of the problem. What is that? Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, like things that make me happy or like buying junk we don't need at Target, right? Or getting my nails done. Whereas you're more inclined to like, you know, buy a new golf club that's more expensive than a couple weeks of my nails or, you know, which you're totally entitled to or to go with a friend and play golf at a fancy course somewhere. Like those are things that bring you happiness with extra Right. Spending. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally agree. And, and maybe we can talk about the uh, the target um, <laughs> happiness, but uh, it, you know, it, at the end of the day, if you will, you know, having conversations like that, some open and honest conversations, like you know, if if I get my nails done, and, and if nobody wants to be on an allowance or somebody looking over their shoulder, because again, it's it makes you happy, and you you have to live your life, right? That goes to a whole other you know, financial planning, understanding the the transactions and how they add up, budgeting and and what your, you know, what your expenses are, what your income is, what your savings is, because the end of the line, when you go from drawing a paycheck to paying yourself, you really don't want to, you know, dramatically change your lifestyle or your standard of living. Now you're living in retirement that's not making you happy. So I think the problem comes in when couples are at disagreement as how money is being spent in the household. In my experience, both personally and then also professionally when dealing with couples doing financial planning, maybe one person is left out of the big picture of things. So there's like resentment or like we could have, it's like the Taylor Swift song. This is why we don't have nice things. Like one person feels like, hey, we ha- we don't have enough save for retirement or we can't buy a bigger house because we spend too much money on X, right? I mean, that's like the bigger issue that becomes like a resentment of like, you're spending on this and I don't feel that that's important or whatever. But that's why financial planning for couples is so important because if everybody's rowing the same direction in a boat, right? Like we're doing this, we're saving this, we're putting this money away, or we have these cash reserves so that we can you know, do things or deal with emergencies, especially when you have kids and dependents, like that is so powerful for a couple financially. It's one of those things. It's it, it's easy to define, but hard to execute, right? It's like, okay, these are all the expenses and you, you have to include all of them. And I'm not saying, you know, a, a trip to Target or a round of golf, but the big expenses, you know, right. what, what's a cost for your housing? What's a cost for your cars? What's a cost for your insurance? You know, what, whatever they may be on a monthly basis. And what do we make? Right. You know, what's coming that, in? And then, yeah. and then, <laughs> then, then what's left over and, you know, just check in with that and, and see, you know, manage, honestly manage because, because we have to live our lives. Right. Um, but just just a recognition of what comes in and what goes out. And then from there, you know, if it's separate, you know, checking accounts or whatever that may be, but getting on the same page of, you know, expenses and income, it, it can go such a long way. 
It can. And it's like one of these things where people don't want to talk about it, but after you do, you and I are a team and it, our relationship ebbs and flows. Sometimes we are like hundred percent a team. And sometimes, you know, we're not throughout our marriage. I think that's just being honest, but I think, you know, the finance part of it is so key to feeling that you're part of the team. So if one person is managing the household finances, have at it, like paying the bills, you've been really good at that throughout our relationship, whether I was working or not. And I like you doing that. I don't really want to pay the monthly bills. I hate to go grocery shopping. I hate to, you know, all the things that that you do to manage the house that cost considerably. Um, I don't like to do that. So there, there, there's certainly a trust component. You, you grow into that. Sometimes you grow out of it, like you said, but. Uh. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to trade, I guess is what I'm saying. So we have divided like household tasks and I do not want to be in charge of making sure that all the bills are paid at the end of the month. And I really don't want you doing our grocery shopping either, but that's as far as, you know, household division. So I guess what I'm saying is like, you know, I love to empower women to take control of their finances, but if you're married and your husband does the bill paying, um, I'm not suggesting that you take that job or split that job. I just want both people in the partnership, because that's what it is, to know what's coming in and what's going out and what's going out for things that are fixed expenses, mortgage payments, et cetera. And then you know what's going out in the extras to live your life. I'm not trying to keep people from living their life, but what I do see is sometimes one person's in charge of the finances and they live their life a little bit better than maybe the other person that doesn't. I mean, that's when there's an unhealthy balance. So I think we've both seen and heard horror stories about that. Um, yeah. That's not healthy. I mean, it's, it's just not. No, one person should not be controlling you and your spending uh, to the point. I mean, obviously, if in a situation of overspending, but that goes back to that communication of sitting down and be like, here's the pot. <laughs> This is, you know, how mm -hmm. we can divide it. The idea of sitting down and figuring out what those goals are as a couple also helps because maybe, you know, if we're working towards something like a house, since that seems to be my thing in our relationship over the 16 years, I'm always like looking and thinking we should, you know, buy a fixer up or better house or somewhere. So one of the big things that we did early and often, it was funding college tuition, right? Or education sure. funding. Um, that was a huge nut every single month. Now, as we, as our kids get closer to, to college, I'm, I'm very happy we did that, but that took, especially early on, that was a sacrifice. And I probably, I could have communicated that better that, you know, X amount was going to you know, to the 529 every single month. And if, and if it felt like a tight month, um, and that influenced my reaction to, you know, a big target trip or I don't know, whatever you, you know, you name <laughs> it. Um, yeah. it, 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 you know, you probably had some resentment towards that, but didn't recognize where it was coming from because I didn't communicate it because you know, that happened automatically every single month, right? Like, oh, well, you're doing well. Why are you, you know, why are you getting all over me for this? Like, well, right. Well, <laughs> and I don't think you got all over me, but here's the thing. We, like I said, we've been. Probably not as much as I should have or could what? have, but anyway. <laughs>
No, but I mean, I think when I look back to that again, feeling like I was spending other, you know, on a, someone else's money wasn't because you made me feel that way or controlled my spending or anything like that. And and I think we're both on the frugal side, I should say, compared to not that we always compare ourselves to others financially, but like compared to my friend group or other parents in the mommy and me classes and stuff, it wasn't like I was. I certainly wasn't dressed to the nines. I'll say that, but like, you know, I just think for what we had coming in, neither one of us is extravagant as far as a spender. I think me better communicating my feelings of feeling like not knowing how much I can spend or, you know, what, where the money's going to your point of like, you know, this is why this much is coming off the top every month and what we're saving for. And it's important to us, but also, you know, your communication of that, we both are just as guilty. And, and, Let's be honest, our kids are 18 months apart. That was like, I still have PTSD from those days when they were little and I was staying at home with them. That was like nuts. And you're traveling and working your butt off and things are crazy then. And especially now as a working mom, like I'm so grateful that I had that time to stay home with the kids because that's a that's a big job. And even if they're in daycare, like kids get sick. So that's crazy too. Right, right. And the last thing you want to do is have the uh a family meeting on expenses, but right. it's important, like your ship's right? passing in the night. I remember like handing you a child and running to go like take a shower <laughs> for the first time in three days, you know, like I'm not, then once the kids are asleep and our kids were, I can remember sleepers. driving around the block a few times before coming in the driveway. I mean, <laughs> always come in the second that like both kids were in bed. We went through those times like that is I get it. You're not going to be like, oh, well, now that the kids are finally in bed, let's talk about the budget, right? Like that's not <laughs> sexy or fun. Yeah, I can remember one of those conversations where I asked you what a haircut costs that didn't go well, but. Uh... <laughs> well, yeah, actually. So I still remember that. I mean, that was, you know, you, we were both in the financial industry, then you were still in the financial industry, but you were not doing financial planning. And you went to a financial planner. They, you know, wanted to get an idea of our monthly expenses. And when you sat down and were like, okay, so what do we spend on groceries every month? And what do you spend on your hair? I was like, totally defensive. Like I kind of felt like not that you, and it was again in my head, not that you were questioning my spending, but like the why, why are we doing this? We're sitting down and figuring out what we spend every month so that we can figure out in retirement, what we need to live the exact same life. It wasn't like, okay, now you're going to like, dye your hair at home and and I'm going to put a bowl over your head and cut it to save 150 bucks a month. Like that wasn't what you were saying, but that's what I was hearing. So it's like a, a communication thing. Yeah. It's a whole other cottage industry of, uh, you know, behavioral finance, but it's, you know, super important. Yeah. As much as I was like, why are you questioning my haircut expense every month? I mean, having a financial plan and having, you know, putting money away for college and putting money away for retirement when I was on diaper duty, right? I mean, that is what has enabled us to do what we're doing right now, which, you know, building a business and, you know, having a good life and having our kids' college education paid for. I mean, thank God you did that. And sorry if I was not a willing participant at the time, right? Yeah. And we may have ironed it out over a bottle of wine or two, too. So they're, uh, <laughs> Of course, as financial advisors, we are here to help. But there's, you know, maybe some some help in the uh, in the wine rack as well. For sure. Now, we're not <laughs> suggesting this is going live on Valentine's Day. Please do not um, 
go home to your spouse and be like, here's the plan. We're going to open up a bottle of wine and go through like our entire financial picture. That is, uh, Jay and Melissa did not suggest that. And I certainly um, wouldn't bring it up on Valentine's Day dinner. So what other advice, what other things do you think we've learned along the way? Oh, how long do we have? Uh, You know, cliche, if you will, but, you know, open and honest communication, especially when it comes to finance. you know, the the more you know about how other people feel regarding finance, the, the better off you're going to be. Just like if you have an issue, you don't necessarily want me to solve it. You just want me to listen to you, right? Yes. I love um, when you just listen to me complain and you love it too. I know. I waited with bated breath. Hearing somebody out, trying to understand, you know, why they feel the way that they do, you don't have to solve it, but you just have to understand where they're coming from. And that'll go a long way to, you know, the next step and the next step and the next step. Yeah. I like that communication and listening. I think that's probably the solution to all marital problems, but certainly when it comes to finances too. You know, when, when we talk about saving, it's like, well, let's, have a very clearly defined goal of why. <laughs> so it'll make those steps in between a little bit easier. Like, okay, why am I, why am I not doing this because I'm saving? And why am I saving? It's because of this at the end of that timeline, whatever it is you're saving for retirement or college, second yeah. home, dream home, whatever the case may be. I think, you know, having a very clear goal defined can make those those steps or sacrifices uh, a lot easier. Now, I will say one thing when I think of our relationship that I think was helpful as far as coming together. I mean, obviously, both of us having a background in finance <laughs> helps, but I think we had similar backgrounds growing up, right? And so what I've seen when I when couples come to us for a financial plan or I do work with primarily women going through divorce, if finances were an issue in the marriage, I think a lot of times what happens is they came from different backgrounds, right? So maybe they, you know, one grew up in a house where money was no issue and um, they just spent and they watched, you know, a, a parent kind of spend without any need to kind of slow it down, right? So maybe they end up as the spender in their marriage, whereas... It, it wasn't a topic of conversation at the dinner table or they didn't they didn't grow up hearing that around the house. And I think what you're getting at is when two people come from two very different backgrounds, that creates some friction. For sure. I mean, you, I, if you grew up like, like we did where, you know, money was an issue, right? It was an issue because there was uh, a scarcity of it and things get, you know, went unpaid at certain points in your childhood. Like that's a fear. Like I still fear we're going to lose it all. Where if one person grew up in that situation of like, you know, maybe they have extra cash and they're afraid to invest or they're afraid to spend and they're very frugal and there's money there that could be spent um, or money there that could be invested or take some risk with. And the other person grew up never really worrying about that and being a spender. Like that's going to be tough to come together without communication. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I see that. I mean, I see that when I when I sit down, we get to look under the hood um, and I see where couples are just, you know, no, it's not that one person is wrong. It's just that they come from totally different 
money mindsets and experiences in life. In addition to different backgrounds, having different stages in life will certainly influence how you how you think about money and, and your approach to spending. Oh, for sure. And if you're listening, and this is kind of a side note, but I love uh, the slide, the JP Morgan slide about how, you know, the spending curve of like at what ages you spend the most money, like Jay and I right now are it like just about, I think when kids go to college is the highest spending period, but like we're right there. Kids cost money. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to make you feel better by being like, we're normal. Everybody spends a lot at this age, but you're like, earning a lot, but you also have kids that are very expensive and, you know, just to clothe and feed my gosh, the grocery bill just with our uh, seventh grade son is crazy. It's a, it's a high spending period. They're clothes. They're wearing adult clothing. You can't get that like child clothing discount anymore. Um, So, you know, you are at that high spending point, but I think just understanding that to do that financial planning process and say, okay, well, you're going to spend less in a few years when they're not in your house is helpful and comforting maybe. Well, I think this has been like a therapy session for us. I was kind of thinking it would be helpful for other couples to kind of hear about, you know, how we help couples as well as our own struggles as a couple with finances. I feel so are like- you saying that I'm not going to see the Amazon uh, van? This oh, the Amazon van's week? probably already been here. But again, it's uh, household yeah, yeah. stuff, honey. It's like, if you need a Q-tip, there's Q-tips in the drawer, right? I mean, like I got you covered. So <laughs> I need I need a new rug for the entryway. <laughs> I'm on it. I'll be at Target this weekend. I will find a great rug yeah. for the entryway. Um, well, the so. seven old ones are in the basement. We maybe I'll sneak one up. I'm excited that you're excited for the new rug. I didn't even know we needed one, but you're right. I admit it. Like if there's a weakness, it's entryway rugs and pillow covers. I have a thing for like needing new ones all the time, but. Did you mention it was time for me to get a new set of golf clubs? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that how we balance this thing out? Um, Uh I support you because you support my decorating. uh, You know, I'm a frugal decorator, by the way, too. (laughs) I would just like to say before we sign off, Happy Valentine's Day. You know, I know that you said it's 15 years or I think we landed on 15 or 16. It feels like yesterday and I'm excited to uh, continue to spend the rest of my life with you, my Valentine. Oh, that is so sweet. I really, there's nobody else I'd rather do this thing called life with. I should probably say happy Valentine's Day to my mom. And my mother-in-law, Penny, as well, while I'm at it. And of course, happy Valentine's Day to uh, everyone listening. Yes, happy Valentine's Day to everyone listening. And if you have topics that you would like us to cover or share kind of how we've handled it, either in our own relationship or with clients that we're helping come together on a financial plan, then do. um, I will link our email contact in the show notes and reach out. We would love to hear some topic ideas from you. So Jay, thank you so much for this lovely Valentine's Day podcast. And thank you everyone for listening. You can access our first two seasons of this podcast on our website at www.pearlplan.com or on Spotify. If you're interested in learning more about Pearl Planning, feel free to sign up for our newsletter also found on our website.